You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast, and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Creatively Human, with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, and make an impact in our own unique way. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to heart-led creatives. Hi, and welcome to the final episode of the second season of Creatively Human. I have had so much fun recording this season, but I'm also ready for a bit of a summer break. I'll be back in September and I'm planning on making a few changes to the podcast. And you will be the first to know when I figured them all out. So make sure that you're signed up to my newsletter for updates at ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter or that you're following me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite. In the meantime, could you do me a massive favour? It's the one year anniversary of this podcast in October and I've set myself a big goal of reaching 100 reviews by this time. So would you please be able to leave me an iTunes review? You can do this either from the podcast app or from a desktop within the iTunes app. Thank you so, so much in advance. I need all the help I can get because at the time of recording, I'm only up to 20 reviews, but I appreciate each and every one of them. Anyway, today's guest is writer, blogger and fellow introvert Jessica Rose Williams. I loved this interview as we got pretty deep about a few topics, including our feelings about the numbers on Instagram and online in general, finding a voice as women who have previously found it hard to speak our opinions, running a business based on values and how Jessica's minimalist values come into that, plus dealing with criticism and getting vulnerable in what you share. We recorded this a few months ago and we talked a little bit about Jessica's podcast, The Little Chapters, which she hosted with Kate Ferris. Now, since recording, they made the mutual decision to end the podcast. And I wanted to bring it up because I think it's such an important lesson in staying true to what we really want and tuning into how we feel about things. And like Jessica said in this interview, writing will always be her first love. So I totally admire the fact that she has prioritised that. I've included a link to their final podcast episode in the show notes because I think it's such a valuable lesson on letting things go even when you love them. For now though, I know that you're going to love this chat with Jessica. Enjoy. Hi Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi Ruth, thank you for having me. And could you start by telling us a little about you and what you do? Oh yeah, the worst question <laughs> in the world. Um <laughs> So I'm Jessica. I write a minimalist lifestyle blog and that's about it, I guess. That's what, that's everything that I'm about. Fitting um, <laughs> minimalist answer. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it in its simplest forms. I mean, it's got arms and legs in that there's an Instagram account and a podcast that's come out of it as well. But that is the hub of everything that I do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really keen to like dig in to talking a bit about how you have fostered such an engaged community because you haven't had your blog for that long am I right uh, it's been two it's just yeah it's just had its two second birthday yeah yeah so I think it's amazing like that you've got such an engaged community in this um length of time so I'd love to talk a bit about mm. how you have built that up I mean I had my Instagram account before I had the blog um, I don't know if that helped, but then 
thinking back, I kind of feel like, well, I know the my Instagram account pre-blog was very generic. Like there was, I wasn't mm. really engaged with a community the way that I am now. Um, the way I've fostered the community, well, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a priority for me, yeah. I guess you know seeking out like-minded people I really like talking to like-minded people and I've you know once I'd found just a few people to talk to about things that they were interested in and I was interested in I found that there's there's just been a bit of a a ripple effect with it really and it's it's spread and it it's grown yeah yeah so would you say you say it's a priority so you just focus on the relationships that you're building Oh, absolutely. When it comes to my blog, I have, you know, two focuses, really, um, content and relationships. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. I'm not a believer in, um, you know, growth and you know, little cheats that you can do or anything like that. I think it's a slow, steady road to growth. But the key is, yeah, focusing on the content, content that people actually want to read, that speaks to people, that helps people, and then focusing on those relationships as well. So, you know, if somebody sends me a message, I reply. It's important that I reply and I don't just send a generic reply that I actually engage with people. Um, and then I do think that the best way to grow a community is to focus on the community that you've already got. Mm. Even if it's, you know, even if that, even if that's two people, um, because they'll, they'll tell their friends or people who follow them will, you know, see your chats and then they'll maybe come over and have a look at you. Um, that's the way that I do it. It's the way that works for me. I love that answer. It's so simple, but it's true. It's so true. And on the flip side of that, do you ever find yourself getting lost up, lost in that feeling, you know, when when no matter what we believe in and no matter how hard we try, we sometimes do get a bit fixated on the numbers? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really hard not to, isn't it? Every time you, um, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and every time you log into Instagram, that's the first thing that you see is the number that's yeah. next to your name, the number that's next to someone else's name, the number next to the pictures. It's really, really difficult to not wrap a little bit of self-worth up in that. But I find that it's more, it kind of, there are peaks and, and troughs with it. So, I, you know, I dip in and out of it. And I, I'm always at my worst when I'm not centred when I'm not, you know, really feeling like, yes, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm about. It's always when I'm having those, you know, having those wobbles. Yeah. Um, so the way that I get around that is to really try and come home to myself and refocus, realign myself with my brand and what it is that I'm actually trying to achieve. Because when I feel in flow with that, I'm much less likely to care about the numbers. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And how do you mm. how do you get away from it and take that step back in order to help you focus on that? So it's things like um coming back to what my you know my brand values are, mm. thinking about um the direction that I'm wanting to go in. I'm not a huge goal setter as such. Um and then you know coming back to gratitude as well, being grateful for the community that I've already got, for the numbers that I've already got. And opening my mind to the idea that maybe that's enough instead of constantly striving for more. Um, yeah, I don't believe that, you know, we've 
we kind of fall into that mindset where the bigger the number, the more successful you are, the more opportunities you're going to have. And I just think it's one of the biggest lies that we're sold, to be honest. Um, I don't think those big numbers are necessary by by any stretch. There are people on Instagram with less than like, I know, less than 5,000 followers making six figures a year, if that's your if that's your bag, if that's what you're aiming for, it's, you know, that's perfectly possible. Um, the numbers are, are most definitely not everything. And it's a case of having to remind myself of that as well, quite, quite regularly. Yeah. Um, it's also that kind of thing, isn't it? And you think, oh, when I get to this amount of followers or this amount of email subscribers yeah. or anything, you think, oh, then I'll have made it or then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But then you get there. Yeah, no, Absolutely. You get there and nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens at all. I mean, when Instagram sort of first came into my life, that was my goal was to get to 10K, just yeah. literally just so I could have that K next to my name. Yeah. So I just, you know, engaged on it like mad. And this was all pre-blog. Um, and then I got to the 10K, nothing happened. And I like gave up Instagram for a year because it was so disappointing. Oh, wow. It's kind of like, oh, I've reached that goal. Great. Now what? This is boring. Um, and then the whole algorithm thing came in and now I really regret that decision, (laughs) (laughs) but it happened to me recently again, uh, with Pinterest, I recently got to a, a, quite a big figure. I reached 10,000 followers on Pinterest and I did a little laugh to myself. It was, you know, it's that reminder. Yeah, that's great. Oh, nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nothing. No one knocks on the door and gives you an award. Um, you know, no money doesn't start rolling in. Um, no, nothing changes at all with that number. It's, it's all about, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes and the day-to-day hard graft that's what makes the difference not the number yeah yeah definitely and it's just an ongoing practice like you said isn't it um it keeps happening you know every now and again you'll get in that mindset and you just have to take yourself a step back and focus on what you've already got absolutely and I think you've got to think about what you know what you're doing it for what you know what do you want that number for often it's to satisfy your ego more than it is because it's necessary for what you want to achieve. So true. Um, I was wondering, what is it like to build a brand that is so closely related to you as a person? Is there a line between the sort of brand version of you and the real version of you? I'd love to dig into into a bit more about that. Oh, it's quite, I mean, I've always had my name as the brand. Yeah. Um, that, that's always the way that it's been. And I think that's always been what, sort of lights me up the most is writing about my own life and sharing you know my own lessons and also talking about other people's lives like I'm just a a bit of a real life junkie and I'm a a struggles junkie as well I really get off on those deep meaningful conversations about the nitty-gritty of life um so that always felt very natural to me to go down that kind of route I never even considered having a different name to my own um but the the only reason that on Instagram I'm Jessica Rose Williams instead of Jessica Williams is because Jessica Williams was taken um (laughs) so that's how I ended up using the full thing but it was always my goal to use my real name um boundaries wise I mean how much can we actually share 
you know, on the internet or as part of a brand, I, it would be impossible to share every single thing about me. Yeah. Um, and I do have limits. So I try not to talk about things until I've got through the other side of them from a struggles point of view. I think that that just works best in that it's usually more helpful to write about things to try and make sense of things once you are on the other side especially because things can come back at you you know so people will voice their opinions about things and if you're not if you're going through something that's quite tough you you can find yourself in quite a delicate position to then have to be on the receiving end of other people's opinions other people's criticisms so I try and get myself in a position where um I'm okay with whatever comes back like I've made sense of it for myself this is where I stand this is my opinion and now I'm ready to talk about it um I do have top I mean I have set topics that I talk about and I try and I try and stick to those so it's usually around you know interiors style wardrobes talk about pets quite a lot general day-to-day life stuff um off limits I don't really talk about my marriage very much that feels like I want to keep that private and keep that protected um I have two stepchildren as well and I don't talk about being a stepmom because I feel like those aren't necessarily my stories to tell yeah and I think it's important to differentiate the difference between the two because you know some stories are ours to tell and some aren't and then that's that's not fair to you know, think you're, you're okay to just start telling other people's stories. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Have you ever had times when you've, well, you mentioned actually, when you got to that 10k on Instagram, you disappeared from Instagram for a bit. But since you've had your blog, and since it's become your business, have you ever had to just hide away for a bit? Um, Yeah, I did over Christmas this year, actually, I took two weeks where I went pretty dark. Um, I always struggle with Christmas anyway. And I'd had it in my head that this last Christmas I would just take two weeks off completely um and we we went away for a week as well so that that kind of helped it's hard though I found that you know after a few days I did want to get back in touch with everyone like I missed everyone yeah yeah (laughs) when you're used to talking to people um but for the most part mm, no not really not really I don't don't feel like I need to take um you know regular periods of time where I'm where I'm disappearing just yet but I love what I do you see I absolutely love what I do see my problem I find is I love what I do but then I do it too much if that makes sense and I Mm. I let it spill out over into times of the day when I don't really want to be on or or you know I've got that introvert limit as well and I just tend Mm -hmm. to like hit it and then I seem to be like wanting to retreat and hide away Although Mm. I haven't been visible online for as long as you have. So because I've run a business very sort of behind the scenes. um, Yeah. So maybe it's just a case of getting used to it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's fine figuring out what your boundaries are. I guess I think it's important to get to get those right. Do you feel sort of energized by online interaction or do you find that as draining as you find real life interaction and socializing I think it's a bit of both it depends yeah 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 it's um it's definitely not the same 
as um, in real life, like um, interacting online, but sometimes it can become quite draining. How about you? Mm. I find um, emails and DMs can, are the most draining for me. Yeah. So I get quite a few, quite a few of those. And I, I always think, you know, if someone's taking time out of their day to get in touch with me, I always want to want to reply. But it's getting to the point now where that's that is becoming a bit of a struggle. Um, and the way that I've decided to deal with it is to allocate a certain amount of my time each day. Right, yeah. And I'll get through as many as I can. And then after that, it's, you know, that's that's my limit because I think if you're not protecting yourself if you're not protecting your energy then everyone's you know going to suffer as a result of that and that's not fair yeah yeah and I guess you reach a point where you're getting that many dms that you just can't reply to them all yeah exactly or that's that you know that's all you'd spend your time doing yeah and then the real work doesn't get done and going back to that sort of community that you're fostering does that make you feel bad when you don't reply to them or have you just made peace with that? I've just had to make peace with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah I've just had to um, make peace with it. I mean, it is a priority. It's high up there on the list. But sometimes I do, you know, I do fall behind with it. That's I only have so many, so many hours in the day. Sometimes when DMs get really, you know, when it, they, when it gets like, you know, the 99 plus um, requests, <laughs> um, it just feels so overwhelming yeah. to even start. That I'll delete them all and then start afresh I've done that recently right, yeah. and then it feels easier to um to try and keep up with them yeah that makes sense and it's something I think about because there's something like really nice about when you're at the earlier stages of like building up a blog or building up a brand the fact that you can have that time to communicate on a really deep level with everyone that follows you but I guess there just comes a point where it's just not sustainable anymore even even if those relationships really do matter to you so I feel like yes. it's, it's interesting to think of it like that it is because we always get you know I know in my first you know few months of blogging I've, I remember that as a very frustrating time where I just wanted to get to where I wanted to be um and that I think often we feel like that and that's a real shame because there's a lot of beauty in those early beginner days you have got more time for people um it, and it is the time to foster those very deep connections with people as well yeah yeah definitely um so you've recently made the move to podcasting as well. I was wondering how do you feel about it compared to blogging and does it feel different putting yourself out there in that way? Yeah, it feels really, really different. Um, oh my gosh, the first time that we, you know, Kate, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do a podcast without Kate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have the confidence to just jump on and talk. Um, so I'm really grateful to her that I've got a buddy yeah. that I could enter the podcasting world with. Um, but the first time I sat down to record, I was so nervous. And those, you know, if I listen back to those early episodes, I can hear my voice. Um, I mean, we're not even that far in now, but I really love it. I really, really love it. I love that we can bounce off one another. It's nice having a, a co-host to talk with. Um, and I love how we can go deeper into conversations as well um but my my first love will always be writing yeah for sure over podcasting I think there's a time and um place for both 
but yeah writing is is definitely my favorite that's my love when it comes to the podcast some of the topics that you talk about are really just like digging into like big life things aren't they and like yeah a bit philosophical I told you I'm a life junkie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a real life junkie and um I don't know does that feel like vulnerable putting yourself out there in that way like your opinions and your views on all kinds of topics um yes it does it helps that I'm doing it with a friend and someone that I trust and feel comfortable with I like I said I yeah, wouldn't just yeah. be able to jump on like I am now in the bedroom alone if you weren't here um to just rattle on about my opinions and thoughts about all those deep topics there's no chance that I I'd be able to do that so I guess I kind of forget because Kate and I built up a friendship before we dived into the podcast so it it feels like a safe space and I guess what what I tend to do is just forget that we're recording to be honest with you um and then I'll have to listen back for the edit and I'll think oh my gosh can't believe I said that but (laughs) you know it's it's fine um we've had a few like bad reviews people who don't don't like what we have to say but I guess that's just part and parcel of putting yourself yourself out there and you have to think about all the people that love it in relation to the the people that don't yeah I would imagine because you are getting quite um it's just like your philosophy on things isn't it so not everyone's going to agree with it I suppose but an interesting thing I found is I recently like made a pact with myself that I'm going to review more podcasts like since I've started my own podcast I thought right I'm going to like support other podcasters and review because obviously podcasters are always asking reviews matter don't they yeah yeah no reviews matter so much yeah. and I had no idea just how much they mattered until I started podcasting. exactly so I do the same I like I sprinkle them wherever I go on the internet yeah. and I'll reviews yeah, exactly <laughs> and when I did that it kind of opened my eyes. So some of the bigger podcasts, I noticed, you know, some quite harsh reviews on them. And I was just like, what? I couldn't believe it. Mm. And it, and I suppose in my mind, I just, I thought it, it was, I was trying to remember, you know, that even these podcasts that I love have got people leaving them negative reviews. And I was just sort of trying to remember that for myself and my podcast and how it's just something that is like par for the course, even though it must be yeah. really, really difficult to take. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's part and parcel of putting yourself out there. I don't know if you've read the um, Michelle Obama's autobiography, yes. but she talks about this quite a lot in there about how everyone, you know, who anyone basically who ever had something to say has got arenas full of people that disagree with them. And that's the way it is for everyone. And it will always continue to be that way. And there's no way there's no way around it. Some people are going to like what you've got to say and some people aren't. And that is that is just the way it is. And it's how we navigate that, how we untie our self-worth from our likability and what other people think of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how was it for you when you first read those reviews? Oh, it was really painful. Yeah. Really painful. The one the one that was most recent is horrendous. And it really takes me down as a, as a person as well. Oh. They really don't like me. It's not necessarily what I've got to say. It's um it's me as a person that they really oh, they really don't like. Yeah. Um yeah, oh it, it made me cry. I was crying in the bathroom after um after reading that one. It really, really hurt. It took a few days to put myself back together. Yeah. But I did put myself back together and then, you know, I'll be jumping on again with Kate later on this afternoon and 
you think about the people who you are doing it for, the people who need the podcast, who love it and rely on it every week. Yeah. You have to you have to do it for them and also for yourself as well because I think especially as women, you know, we've spent so long being shushed and not having a platform and not having somewhere where we can speak uninterrupted and I feel like this new wave of podcasts is our time it's ice you know no one can shut us up we can we're free to talk on a podcast episode for an hour and yes people can turn it off if they don't like what they've got to say but at least we're not being you know interrupted like we would be in a traditional workspace it's great yes Yes, I totally agree. And actually, a funny thing is, so some of the topics that you've talked about on your podcast, you know, things like the woo stuff and things like that, or like mm. getting deep about things. Sometimes um, I find that a lot of us have these um, ideas about things and we want to talk about this stuff. But for some reason, we're afraid to bring it up sometimes. And I don't know, yes. I just like hearing that on a podcast and it sort of validates what you're thinking and that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to like get deep about all this stuff. Exactly. We're so worried about what other people might think it goes back to that you know that desire to belong to the tribe doesn't it nobody wants to rock the boat no one wants to be thrown out of the camp yeah, yeah. <laughs> but often there's always someone who's thinking thinking the same so it's important to have these conversations yeah. um and it's important to have them without the you know this like that that review that I got um these really harsh judgments of one another yeah. um I think it's so important to have deep, meaningful, sometimes controversial conversations to be able to create a space for those. And yeah, you know, if you don't agree, that's absolutely fine. But this, it's still important to have them instead of feeling like we can't speak. I think for me, that's unacceptable for anyone to feel like they they don't have a voice. They, they, they're not able to speak. I think that's awful. Yeah. I never want to think that, I hate to think that people feel that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I suppose a lot of us and as women, like you said, um, I guess we are rocking the boat a bit because things are changing, aren't they? And we're all sort of in new frontier when it comes to podcasting and sharing online and running our own businesses and outwardly giving our opinions. And um, I've totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's it just makes sense, doesn't it? That it's going to be a bit a bit difficult a bit scary sometimes to kind of do all this and put ourselves out there in this way but yeah it's of it doesn't course. mean it's not worth doing yeah I mean when I was growing up um I wasn't you know encouraged to be loud and proud with my opinions and speak my mind I was encouraged to you know smile and look pretty and be polite and don't upset people yep. <laughs> so of course it feels scary um it's it's all very very new but it's so exciting so so exciting um I'm really excited by what's coming through in in media at the minute and new media as well you know traditionally it was always um who could get the bylines in the newspapers and magazines or who could make it onto a radio station. I mean, how difficult is that to do? Um, but now we can just carve out our own platforms and go yeah. for it. It's so exciting. Yes, yes, it really is. Um, speaking of the podcast, has there ever been anything that you've said that has either, I don't know, that has someone in your real life has listened to and had an issue with or that you felt like too vulnerable about and just wanted to take down um I've not had anything from 
real life. I don't, to be honest, I don't like to think about people that I know in real life listening to it. It's the same with, yeah, it's the same with writing on my Instagram. If anyone sort of tries to talk about it with me in real life, I'll just completely shut down because <laughs> I just don't like to think of anyone I know reading oh, it so or funny. listening to it. I'd never put anything out there if I thought about those people. Same here. Same. Um, so I have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. I'm glad I it's not to, just me. I have to park them. No, no, definitely not just you. Um, what have I said? I must have done something. What am I thinking about? No, I don't. I don't think so. Can't think of anything. Nothing's coming to my mind. There was a there was a because Kate and I can disagree quite a bit, <laughs> and I think there's a bit of um, worry about that sometimes. You know, I, I don't know. As, as women, I, I think we try and agree with each other where possible. You know, yeah. I think I I definitely find it difficult to voice an opinion when I disagree with somebody. That's that's still very much a process for me. Um, in an ideal world, you know, we all get on so well and agree with each other. And yeah, me too, me too. That yeah. feels great. But when you have to put forward an opinion of, well, actually, I think, and then stand by it, mm. that's quite difficult. So yeah, Kay and I disagree quite a bit. So it's been a really good uh, practice and a great yeah. learning curve for me. Um, so yeah, sometimes I can think, oh, I don't know. But it, it's always fine. It's always fine. You know, when you listen to it back... Um, it, it, to be honest, it adds. I think it adds colour to the podcast. I think it's quite boring to listen to people who just agree with each other all day long. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It definitely, definitely. It, it makes it more engaging. Um, and it's interesting what you say about finding it difficult to voice your own opinion because I feel exactly the same. It's only something that I've been trying to do recently. And just, I suppose when you're raised in that environment where you do just want to be like a good girl and you're a quiet girl or an introvert or whatever, it's quite hard to actually own your opinion sometimes. It is. It's really, really hard. Um, I've found that I have to practice owning my opinion you know in everyday life so I'll try and catch myself if I if I read something I'll you know stop for a minute afterwards and ask myself what do I actually think about this Mm. what do I think about this and then try to notice my opinions and then the more I notice my opinions the more that I can I feel able to voice them Yeah. yeah and I would imagine with the work that you do and it being so like philosophical around minimalism and stuff it's actually really important for you to have your opinion because it isn't the mainstream opinion is it um yeah see this is where I get lost because I've surrounded myself with people who are quite into the idea of minimalism and living a simpler life and a, a shine away from consumerism and a more for um you know a more ethical sustainable lifestyle with less stuff and more joy um so yeah I do forget but I I I can be um sharply brought back down to earth when I'm out and about in the real world sometimes um but yeah I think it's so important for us all to to have a voice and to have an opinion totally agree so I'd love to talk a bit more about the minimalism side of things do you apply any of your minimalist philosophy to the way that you run your business does it affect the way that you do things or the way that you look at things in your business yeah absolutely um I only do things well the the ideal is that I only do things in the business that make me happy and that add the most value um I don't do things for the sake of it I don't do all the things that I think I should be doing. I do the things that I want to do, the things that fill me up the most. 
I read an article in New York Times this week. It was really interesting. It was about how to increase your, your levels of happiness at work. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically advise that you draw a line down the middle of a, a piece of paper and you put um, love on one side and loathe on the other. And then, you know, as you go through your week, keep put every single activity that you do on either one of those sides and then you can kind of get an idea of what it is that you actually enjoy doing and all the stuff that you hate doing and then you're in a position I guess to try and filter out all the loads and that's that's kind of the the approach that that I take. I love that idea actually it's quite simple but I can imagine that things might take you by surprise if you actually took time to do that. Yeah well yeah I mean awareness is is key for things like that um it's, it's tricky with blogging and and writing because there is that you know there is that set path and all those should do's if you google how to blog or blogging tips oh my gosh would you be yeah. inundated with a whole load of opposing advice um but it's about doing doing what's right for you because I think you know how, how do you want to spend your days um do you want to spend them enjoying yourself or do you want to spend your days doing what what fills you up and what what makes you happy I know which side I'd rather sit on but then it's then it's getting over the mindset of oh well that all sounds well and good but I actually you know I have to do this stuff and I hate it but I have to do it and it's really a process of giving yourself permission to think a little bit more broadly and open your mind up to the idea that maybe you can spend your days doing what what makes you happy which is everything we're told isn't possible isn't it yeah yeah and how do you go about cultivating this level of self-awareness to kind of separate what you really want from like what society and media and all the blogging experts and everyone is telling you I guess it comes back to what I was saying earlier about really coming home to yourself um and I think knowing yourself and paying attention to how things make you feel that's a huge part of my my day to day. I mean, I have um, quite regular psychotherapy as well. So I'll talk about all this stuff there. And she helps me so, so much. Anyone who, you know, has struggles and has the means to go into therapy, I'd highly recommend it. Usually over coaching as well, I would say. (laughs) It's cheaper. Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, you know, cultivating this level of self-awareness is really important to me I'm a big journaler so I'll journal things out quite regularly if I'm feeling off if I feel like I'm spiraling into comparisonitis you know I'll get my journal out I'll get a pen out and I'll, I'll thrash it out and try and find out what's going on what is what is it that's making me feel bad what are the alternatives yeah I'm a huge fan of journaling as well um do you mm. think that sort of simplifying your life in general you know, all the possessions you have or the way you do things in your day to day life actually has a knock on effect on your business as well. Does it make things clearer? Oh, yeah. I mean, my business wouldn't exist without if I hadn't simplified my life and possessions and commitments and relationships and all that stuff, my business would not exist because I didn't have time or space for it. So it really was birthed out of all of the minimizing. Um, And I have to, I mean, minimalism for me is is very much a practice. It's an ongoing process. It's not a case of tidy once and then that's it forever. Yeah. It's constantly assessing 
does this add value to my life? Is this making me happy? And if it does, then it's a yes. If it's not, then it's a it's a way of finding, you know, a way to say to say no to it and to to purge it. Um, and that that you know that applies to life as it as just in the same way it does it does to business. So yeah, it's a really really important way of life for me because it's an enabler. It enables me to do the things that I love, both in in life and in business. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And do you get that thing where does it help you? Like I always read about this decision fatigue thing. So if your life Mm. is simpler, you have to make less decisions. And I can imagine that that could make so much difference in the way you do everything, including your business. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's called um, the psychology term for its paradox of choice. It's quite interesting to, to look up. So I always think about it in terms of a menu. So if you sit down in a restaurant and the waiter hands you one of those, you know, a lovely card with just a few choices on, you know, a couple of choices for each course, you think, oh, yeah, great, easy. I know what I'm having. Versus if a, a waiter brings you over one of those leather bound books that you, you have to sift through the whole thing. I always know which one I'd rather have. I'd rather have the less choice because I'm going to spend a lot less time having to make decisions it everything feels more straightforward it's much less stressful when we have more decisions to make we find making the decision much more stressful and that's the same with any decision it's that you know it's the same with um, a wardrobe it's why I have a capsule wardrobe it makes getting dressed in the morning so much easier because there's less clothes to choose from um, it kind of comes back to what you mentioned earlier as well, I think, having those strong values. I think that that, that helps you make decisions in your business as well, because it kind of eliminates things that you feel like you should be doing, but aren't right for you. It does. I think values is, oh my gosh, I think I could talk to you about values for hours. Um, values are so, so, so important and often so overlooked, um, the values in my business are, are at the the heart of it. And say if, you know, say a brand comes to me and they, they want to do some work together, that's where I'll look as opposed to looking at the potential earning income from it. I'll think, does this brand align with the values of, of my business? Yeah. That's how I, I'll make the decision. So they're, they're super, super helpful. Yeah, I think that that's more a sort of taking the long-term view of what you really want to achieve, isn't it? Versus the short-term gain. It is. I'm much more of a long-term game kind of gal. <laughs> I think it's hard to to think that way sometimes. I guess it's like what we were saying earlier about focusing on the numbers. It's hard to always stay in that place, but it's so worth it when you do. It is because, I mean, you can build a business pretty pretty quickly and there are, you know, growth hacks out there, but it's about... I want something that's sustainable, something that will support me long term. I want something that has arms and legs and I want something that I can stand on the weight of. So something that, you know, something that means something that's so important to me. And I think that takes time. I don't think that can be built overnight. And again, I think that's another lie that we're, we're told in business is this this illusion of overnight successes because usually when you unpick it it's not an overnight success at all they've been at it for years and years and years 
so so important to remember that but unfortunately the internet is full with these stories full of these stories isn't it but well it's clickbait people yeah. you know it's, it's you're going to read something because it's we we always we're a bit lazy aren't we really let's be honest and we if something's quick and easy yeah we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. do that um that also feeds into consumerism as well because mm marketers want us to fill our days with as much as possible you know work more earn more spend more buy more stuff it all feeds into that mentality um but yeah it comes that comes down to to clickbait to getting more views because it makes for a more exciting story but I just don't think that's the way it is for a lot of people no definitely totally agree right I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we wrap up the interview um okay the first one is do you have any personal goals right now oh I'm not really a goal setter you know I'm funny about goals I'm more of a direction person ah. I feel like I c- goals can get a bit bit scary for me because they become a bit of a stick to beat myself with yeah. you know how I talked about the 10k when you get to the 10k it's like okay yeah. great yeah. now what yeah and um I'm not always that great at celebrating those small wins so if I reach a goal, I'll just move on to the next one without giving myself a, a round of applause and allowing myself to feel proud. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm better with direction. Oh, I love so, that. You know, a bit more of a, a horizon visual of that's what I'm working towards, but it's always going to be on the move. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I find that, that that sort of slows me down. Um, but personally direction I'm wanting to go in I really really want to work on the relationship that I've got with myself which is another reason why I'm in therapy um because I think that it is the most important relationship in our lives and I think that everything else mirrors the relationship that we have with ourselves and the more I work on it the more I see things changing in a good way for me so I feel like I'm going in the right direction so I want to continue with that oh I love that answer right the second question is what is your silliest fear my silliest fear. Um, I'm all. I'm always terrified when I'm out and about in the car with sat nav on that my phone's just going to die, and then I'll just get completely lost and I'll never find my way back home. Oh. Which is which is ridiculous because we manage perfectly fine with maps and asking people, but I, maybe it's the introvert in me. It's just if if my battery's low in the car, I really really freak out that it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. I would. Right. Final question. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, The blog is probably the best place, which is jessicarosewilliams.com. And after that, you'll find me on Instagram where I'm at jessicarosewilliams. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.